Now, on the on the 18th of June 2022, uh, I taught on the missing dimension. We're going back to that now. It's been a year. Uh, we stopped on part nine, the Church of Thyatira, part nine. And at that time, I promised that before we can move to the Church of Sardis, there will be part two, uh, the Church of Thyatira, part two, uh, because we will go from the general to the particular, to individuals. And uh, my title today is still the same, the book of Revelation, the missing dimension in Thyatira, but today, the spirit of Jezebel. Oh. Oh, 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 Jezebel is so popular, even acclaimed. Oh, I feel scared. We'll have quite a few scriptures. Let's see how far we can go with all this. few scriptures. A lot of explanations as well and applications. Loving Father, we bless you once again this morning, giving glory to your name, leaning on your Holy Spirit, the Comforter and the Helper, who will lead us in all truth. We give you praise and glory. Have your own way. In Jesus' name, amen. First reading, Revelations 2. 18 to 29. Now, if you've missed all the nine, nine parts, they all online. You can go and review them, nine parts. So today is part 10. The missing dimension in Tyatara. The spirit of Jezebel. Now, let me make a disclaimer here. You may be provoked at my pronunciation of Jezebel. That's just my French influence. You know, I may find it difficult to say Jezebel, as you say. No, because we say Jezebel. So bear with me on that one. Okay, so Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 to 29. Revelation 2, 18 to 29. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira writes, This thing says the Son of God, who has ear eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like the, the fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith and your patience and as for your works the last are more than the first. Verse 20. Nevertheless I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. 21. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent to of their deeds. 23. I will kill her children with death 
And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depth of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. 26. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you remember how we presented to you over a year ago two schools of interpretation of the letters to these churches? We say to you that there were two schools of interpretation. One was called Futurist, the other one was historicist. Because the historicist thinks, believe that the letters were addressed to actual seven churches, but can also have applications to the church today. The futurist believe that, yes, the letters were addressed to the seven churches of that time. But those churches represent the whole church history. From the faithful church to the Laodicean apostate church in the end. However you look at it, there is something biblical in both of them. Therefore, we cannot dismiss this letter in, a, in, a, in the year 2001, I was attending a conference in St. Albans, and the president of the World Development Movement was telling the assembly that, oh, the book of Revelation should be dismissed because it relates to the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire collapsed, therefore, the book is not relevant to us. I said, does that include the coming back of Jesus as well? The church in Tyatara was not a sleeping church, as you've noticed there. It wasn't a sleeping church. It wasn't a lukewarm church either. And it did not forsake its first love. Their good works were ever increasing. You would call that a dynamic church. A word that is not in the Bible. No? Have something against words such as dynamics, connections, all those things. I'm against them. None of them is in the Bible, yet they're very popular now. You know, to be connected to God, etc., as if God was a radio station. That's not in the Bible. In the Bible, we have our own languages in the Bible. You find fellowship with God. Those are the words you find in the Bible. Not connection. I'm glued to heaven. What does that mean? 
Sometimes I even struggle with the word anointing itself. Because it has to be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not anointing. I don't know what that means. So I barely pray like that. I just pray, Lord, to fill me with his spirit. Be anointed by who of what? We have so many sorcerers going around with a bit of oil, you know, throwing on people. They call that anointing. Got to be careful with those things. As you can see from the outset already, it looks like I'll be going a bit all over the place. I'll try to stick to what I've written down. There was an overflow of good works, and the Lord commanded the church in Thyatira for the vitality and for the high-level commitment to the work. They certainly went an extra mile. The Lord said, your last works are more than the first. Unlike the church in Ephesus who had forsaken their first love. This church was fairly in quite good position. The introduction to the letter to this church indicates that nothing was hidden from the Lord's sight. So, despite all those good things, look at the introduction. These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire that can pierce through everything. God is not limited by appearances. God cannot be faked. Now, God sees right inside, including the motives and the motivation. God sees everything. So they had all these good works and stuff they did. God said, that's good. But I search the mind and the heart to give to each one of you according to their work from God's perspective. <clears throat> so the purity of the Lord's eye can pierce deeply and discern the reality of one's heart and the real state of any church. In Thyatira, the Lord revealed the root cause of the prevailing evil. What was the root cause? That woman called Jezebel who calls herself prophetess. That was the root cause. Let's look at the text again. Mm. Verse 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. I have a few things against you. There is a list God has. But the root cause for those few things flows from the fact that they have allowed that woman called Jezebel to do all the bad things. So all the spiritual problems in that church come from that particular situation. The woman Jezebel and her doctrine Notice in verse 20 
that woman Jezebel who calls herself prophetess to teach. Teaching also means doctrine. A doctrine is a teaching. So Jezebel was allowed to teach, to progress, to push her agenda in that church. What was she teaching? Still verse 20. And seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idol. That is idolatry. That's idolatry. So that was her teaching. However she hid that, however she packaged that, but God who sees the inside reveal her real nature. Nevertheless, I have against you, I have few things against you, because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself prophetess, to teach and seduce my servant to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. In this letter, the name Jezebel is very significant and we need to refer to the Old Testament in order to discern the role and practice of a woman called Jezebel in Israel. Now, we don't quite understand. I don't know how many people in this world are called Jezebel. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know. We do have few Isabel. Verse 24. Some people held on to Jezebel doctrine. Look at verse 24. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Tyatara, as many as do not have this doctrine. So there were few people in there who did not hold Jezebel's doctrine. Those ones are commanded by God. And the Lord say, hold on to what you have until I come back. They are encouraged. You've heard of the doctrine of the rest. There's always a rest. There was a rest in Israel. There would be a rest in the church. Those are the people who are determined to go on with God. They will not bow to Baal. There was a rest in Israel. There will always be a rest. To the rest who do not hold that doctrine, hold on to what you have till I come, says the Lord. So there was a doctrine there. And there was some who resisted that doctrine. They kept to the purity of what the Bible calls the doctrine of Christ or the apostles' doctrine. But one needs to know what is the apostles' doctrine? What is Christ's doctrine? Oh. Paul warns Timothy that in the latter days, people will depart from the faith 
and will follow and heed doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. Seducing spirits. But the Lord says, let he who has an ear hear what the spirit is saying to the church. This is the last of the last days. The spirit of demons are targeting the church. Everywhere. Some are coming from outside. Paul says, some will rise from inside. To do what? To draw the people after themselves. From inside. I call that runway, airport. So those are the ones who are welcoming the hiling coming from outside. So this one are maturing from inside to do things like a Christian, to disguise themselves, to draw people after themselves. Paul suffered about that in the church of Galatia. They said to people, he's not called of God. Paul had to defend himself. I received this from God. I received, that's the only book where Paul is defending himself because of the pressure of those who were trying to turn his people away from him. And Paul marveled. I marvel that you're turning so easily, so easily from Christ whom we preach to you for, to a different gospel. And Paul asked the question, who has bewitched you? You see, so sorcery is part of the equation as well. Who has bewitched you? Who has fascinated you? In order to turn people away, there has to be rebellion. Open rebellion. In order to turn people away from the apostles' doctrine. Paul said, who has bewitched you? Paul said, even if an angel come and preach to you a different gospel, let him be anathema. Huh. Have you heard that? And then Paul said, there is no another gospel. There is only one gospel. They are perverting the true gospel. Because they are perverting the true gospel, then we call it another gospel. Dear friend, I suggest that we stick to the Bible. Let's be simple. Let's seek the Bible. Let's do things God's way simply. And let God walk his way in every one of you. Let us not be fascinated. You know, these days, gone are the days where we went to see the pastor, the elder after the service with our book note and we ask a question and we went home and we review. It's finished. Everyone has his own online guru. So, verse 24. Some people held on to Jezebel's doctrine and some others did not. Her doctrine is quite like the doctrine of Balaam held in the church of Pergamum or Pergamos. What was that? Sexual immorality, 
idolatry and sorcery. It's the same pattern. In the book of Numbers, chapter 25, verse 1, that's how we start. They sit down, they enjoy themselves, they eat, they start taking the Moabite wife, etc. And then, boom, by the time they realize, bowing down before Baal. Same pattern. The doctrine of Balaam, same doctrine of Jezebel. To bring the people of God on their knees before Baal. More than Baal. There are so many of them. The church needs to be careful. You see, I'm standing here, I'm just telling you simple things here. I haven't invented anything. And I would like you to take these things seriously. It's for you that I've prepared these things. You take them, you despise, it's your problem. I'm just giving you out of responsibility because these things are destroyed. As I'm speaking to you now, we have churches where people are coming almost half naked. It doesn't bother the pastor. There are so many things going on. They don't care about God. Have you seen pastors, you know, weeping people in churches? Supposedly to remove, to, to, to cast demons out? Have you seen those things? And people who have the Bible are submit to that. And the churches are prospering, they are full with people. So we need to tell you these things. So that you are warned that these things are happening. I said yesterday that you go in churches, in particular in African churches, is unbelievable what's happening. It's all about the devil. There's no more worship now. It's all about the devil now. The devil has done this. Nobody can cough. Nobody can get sick. It's all about the devil, the devil, the devil. So Christ and the devil are sharing 50-50 time now. And people are quite happy with that. Do you know why? Because of what I told you the other week. The promotion of prosperity gospel by the back door. That means you cannot die, you cannot seek if you die. No. Nobody speaks about the second death anymore. Which is more terrible. Which is eternal separation from God. Everybody's talking about the death. Nobody wants to die. Is the devil? Is the devil? The devil wants to draw as many people as possible to hell. That's the most important thing. I said to these people yesterday, I said, come on. Believers die. They can die. Domoen told a story of people who went for a retreat for seven days. When they come back, they both capsize. They die, apart from one person. We told the story of that man, preacher, who came in the 17th, 18th century from America here for a big conference. He was preaching as we're doing this morning. And his family had to join him in England here uh, for, to have some time of rest, etc. After three days of intense teaching, he was called aside and said, we're sorry to tell you that your family, all of them died in the sea. He said, it is well with my soul. What is this fake about a Christian cannot die? Where does that come from? What about all the matter, the polycarp and all these people? You see, that's a lie. That's a prosperity gospel by the back door. Nobody talks about hell anymore. 
The coming of Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Are you holy? Do you fear God? We need to see an increased measure of the fear of God. Jezebel in the Old Testament. Ahab, king of Israel, displeased the Lord by taking Jezebel as his wife. Now, the Lord was really not happy with Ahab. The Lord says, as if it wasn't enough for Ahab to walk in the scene of Jeroboam, he went further and took a strange wife. A daughter of uh, a Zidonian priest, a priest of Baal. So he didn't see a wife in Israel? You see, when the Lord is warning us, you see, marriage can, be, can lead all over the place. We've got to be very, very careful in that particular area. We've got to be very, very, very careful. Because people disguise themselves. You have men who come in the church, they disguise as disguise the good brothers because they're seeking a good sister to marry. As soon as they go after two years, I don't want you to put your foot in a church anymore. I was told of that young man who I've been told was a love of the Lord at 15. He was witnessing. It even believed that he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and did not persevere in the ways of the Lord, whether he was baptized in the Holy Spirit or not, I don't know. But what happened, he then got married. And the wife said to him, it's either the church or me. He's now depressing. He doesn't know what to do. It's a big problem for him. He loves the Lord, but the wife says, you have to choose marriage. Be careful. Seek the Lord's will. And make sure that you enter in a union relationship that moves you forward with God. Be careful. I can't tell you how many people have been counseling believers. Some of them were preachers, etc. Some of them have just left their wife. They've gone. And some wives who were on fire, intercession, they've left their husband, they've gone with other men. It's gone, finished. They were all in churches. Got to be careful. Seek the Lord for yourself. Don't cheat on your hearts. Recently, I was in a conversation with uh, an American pastor who is here. I'm not going to say the name of the church, lest you identify him, because you know so many pastors. And he said to me, Augie, I'm calling you because I know you're an elder in a church. I have two young men who love the Lord. They love the Lord so much. One of them is an expert in finance in the city. He loves the Lord. He doesn't want to go in the world to find a wife. He's come to me, and I'm just on, be on his behalf calling you. Is there in your church a woman, a lady, a girl who you think you can? And then I have another one, another young man who has just started a company. Both of them are committed to the Lord. Can you help? I say ask them to pray. Ask them to pray because Court Farm is not a 
a matrimony broker agency. I'm not going to find a wife for someone. I'm not going to find a husband. I'm not going to recommend. When you come to me, come with your choice. I'm not going to recommend anybody. I've been in it for a few days, about 25 years. I want you to accuse yourself when things go wrong. How did I learn that? From Adam, you know. The Lord gives him a woman. Ah, this is bone of my bone flesh. Two minutes after, he's the wife you gave me. God said, from today, finish. You have to choose yourself. Ahab, king of Israel, displeased the Lord by taking Jezebel as his wife. She was the daughter of Etbal, Etbal king of the Zidonians. Jezebel led King Ahab to serve and worship Baal. That first King 16, verse 31. She also drew Israel into idolatry and 400 false prophets of Asherah or groves. Remember we spoke about that when we addressed the issue of mixed multitude from Numbers 25? Okay, Asherah's another name is groves. A whole explanation behind that. Now, she marries the king of Israel. She chases, persecutes, and kills the true prophet of God. But she's quite happy to eat with about 400 false prophets every day at her table. That's Jezebel. That's what Jezebel does. Jezebel was authoritarian. She was opinionated. She was self-willed. She would do whatever she wanted to find her way and achieve the desire of her heart. That's Jezebel. We will come back to the spirit of Jezebel. Because we got to understand the physical Jezebel and then understand why that one was called Jezebel and why the spirit of Jezebel, the Jezebelian spirit, is so popular. It is a very intimidating spirit, I can tell you. In 1st King chapter 20 verse 8 Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name in the names of the king she wrote letters and she sealed the letters with the king's seal and sent them out because she wanted to kill Naboth and take his possession that's Jezebel authority Remember what I told you in 22? Remember the difference between tolerance and what? Anyone? Thank you. Who said that? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Oh, there is hope. Toleration. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's always, all I always remind me about 12, 12 months after always. Oh, what about the next generation? I've been listening to that and we discuss it again and we edify one another. Praise the Lord for that. The difference between tolerance and toleration is important to understand that. Like in the church of Thyatira, King Ahab tolerated 
and let Jezebel achieve whatever her heart desired. Now, the mighty prophet Elijah, who had defeated 850 false prophets of Baal and Asherah, was now terrified by Jezebel and had to go in hiding. That's how serious it is. A man who could call fire from heaven is now terrified and going hiding. Don't mess up with the spirit of Jezebel, I can tell you. The nobles in the city of Jezreel were also terrified when Jezebel killed Naboth. All the nobles. They knew they were doing something wrong, but it was Jezebel. Here is a letter. Call for a fast and put him at the front. Straight away announce to the king that he's blasphemed God and the king and stone him. They knew it wasn't true, but they did it because of the terror of Jezebel. She finds her way. Whatever she wants to achieve, she will. They knew that Naboth was innocent, but they still executed Jezebel's wish to stone Naboth. No one was able to challenge her. No one. I'm repeating myself. The Jezebelian spirit is a very terrifying spirit. Very terrifying spirit. Jezebel versus God's servants. Number one, Jezebel was the daughter of Etbal, who was the king of the Zidonians. She led Ahab, the king of Israel, to serve and worship Baal. First Kings 16.31. Well, once again, if you want my note, just give your name. I'll give you, I'll send you the full document. Jezebel killed true prophet of the Lord, but she promoted false prophets. First Kings 18, verse 4. Jezebel's 400 false prophets of the grove, or Asherah, were eating at her table, as Israel did in Numbers 25, verse 1. Jezebel intimidated even the mighty prophets Elijah, who went in hiding. Jezebel is envious. She's covetous. She wants power, glory, control, and wealth. Let's turn to one scripture. First uh, Kings chapter 21. First Kings chapter 21. And we read from verse 11. First Kings twenty one eleven to fifteen. So the men of this, so the men of the city, the elders and, and nobles, who were inhabitants of the of the of his city, did as Jezebel had sent to them, as it was written in the letters which he had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast. 
and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And the two men, what's that word? Scoundrels? Yeah? Scoundrels? Good, okay. Um, witnessed against him, against Naboth, in the presence of people saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones so that he died. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead that Jezebel said to Ahab rise take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite which he refused to give you for money for Naboth is not alive but dead. Can you see how many people were involved in this? So all the people who were stoning, they knew they were stoning an innocent person. But the terror of Jezebel means they had to comply. Jezebel is a harlot with many witchcraft. Second Kings 9.22. You can read at home. Second Kings 9.22. She is a harlot with many witchcraft. That's why I was telling you that that doctrine comes with rebellion. What does the Bible say? Disobedience and rebellion is the same as witchcraft. It's the same. Jezebel is interested in the outward appearances, not in the inner beauty of the heart. In 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30, when she sees Jehu coming, what does she do? The Bible says she paints, not do a makeup, paints. Paints, not makeup. And she sits on the balcony seeing Jehu coming. And she says, is it you coming? And she starts trying to seduce. Jehu says, Pakistan, no. I am coming. Jehu gets inside and he looks left and right. He says, who is with us here? She tried to seduce. Are you more than your master? She said, determination. You deal with the Jezebelian spirit with determination. Less than that, you are done. I can tell you. Jezebelian spirit hates authority. The only way you can deal with a Jezebelian spirit is through prayer, intercession, and determination. And you will very quickly realize which spirit is at work. If Jezebel cannot find her way, then you will see the true color. But you see, because of these painting things, many people have come to identify uh, Jezebel only with clothing and makeup. 
That's another lie from the devil. That's a lie. That's too weak to identify Jezebel like that. You see, for many years, people will say, you see, you know, ladies, you know, they have the spirit of Jezebel because of the maker, because of the fashion, etc. I don't believe that. Now that we have men doing the makeup, what do we say? You see, we're just trying to fabricate a few things here and there, and, we make, and they are false. They look good, but they're not. So what was the Jezebelians doctrine then? To seduce God's servants? To commit sexual immorality? To eat things sacrificed to idols? That is idolatry. And to oppose repentance. Jezebel doesn't like repentance. No. So that part of Jezebelians doctrine you see, you can't approach a Jezebelian spirit and say, that's wrong. No. There is something now people are talking about. I have a covenant with God. I don't know. What does that mean? Which covenant? I don't know about it. Well, you misbehaving, you leading the whole church astray, and you say, I have a covenant with God. What kind of covenant is that? Where are we? Okay. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit expressly warns that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirit and doctrines of demons. Remember what I told you the other day? More than atheists, religion will send more people to hell than atheists. Religion will send more people to hell because of the false hope. Because of the false hope. You see, you may be sincere in what you believe. Your sincerity doesn't make it the truth. I don't know where Mother Teresa is right now. But some people are just, she did so many good work. Therefore, she must be at the right hand of the Father. No, no. No by work. Only by grace. Only Jesus Christ can save. Your work is like a filthy garment before God. By the works of the law, no flesh will be saved. You can worship the saint as much as you want. It's even forbidden. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. I'm reading from verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who uh, interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. 
Well, you call someone, someone a saint, and you worship him. Listen to the next passage. 13, uh, 12. For all who do these things are what? An abomination. You only call upon the living one, Jesus Christ. If you call upon the dead, saint, this and that, you an abomination to God, as simple as that. It's called idolatry. You shall be blameless before God. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners, but as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed you to such things. Do you understand that? Now, if you are a Christian and you're still playing with uh, divination, soothsayer and medium and crystal ball and all those kinds, you are an abomination to God. Let me tell you something. You see, the Lord was telling the believers in the church of Diatara to those of you who have not known the death of Satan. If you have known the death of Satan in your life and you come to Christ, your past experience does not give you a comparative advantage over, over the Bible. Should I say that again? If you've practiced sorcery and things and you come in the church, your past experience will never replace the Bible. Sit down and learn. It doesn't give you a comparative advantage. We don't need that to teach the Bible. The Holy Spirit reveals to us things and we teach from the Bible. It's good you can give your testimony to edify people to pull out those who are still there, but you have to be taught the Bible. Paul was taught more than all the people of his generation in Judaism. He was taught at the feet of Gamaliel, the great teacher in Israel, but he had to stand at the feet of Hananiah to be taught the ways of God. You come from the world with all your experience, sit down quietly and learn the ways of God first before you start running. Otherwise, you will bang your head in the wall. Leave your experience behind. Start learning about Christ and his ways. And that's why we're doing that's what we're doing here from the Bible. And God will deliver you. If you don't, and you play with fire, a bit of Bible, a bit of incantation, a bit of charming, a bit of this, well, it's gonna be hard for you. It's gonna be hard for you. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. How? If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And Jesus wants to set you free. Set you free. If you're still attracted by those things, a bit of the Bible, a bit of, you know, there was a man in Africa who said, Yeah, I know God is dealing with my spirit, but I need witchcraft to protect myself. In Act 20, 
28 to 30, Paul warned the elders in the church of Ephesus to take heed of themselves and to all the flock because the savage wolves who would come in from outside while others will rise from within the church itself to teach perversion, to teach things in order to draw people after themselves. So the elders were commanded by Paul to take heed of the flock. What we're talking about here, we're talking about the Christian doctrine. Elders have responsibility to teach the Christian doctrine fully. That's their first calling, is to teach. The believers have responsibility to receive and to live accordingly. That's the only way we can grow. The Holy Spirit has established elders, Paul is saying, in order to feed the people of God in the most serious way because they are accountable before God as well. Why? Because savage world will come. The first thing they do is to turn you away from the elders, from the pastors, from the, from the authority in the church to draw you to themselves, then they can finish you off. Because you are without defense. We cannot lie to you. I cannot lie to you. I'm not here to lie to you. It's a calling. I am responsible. I do what I can. I'm not perfect. I know that for a fact. But I'm giving you what I'm supposed to give you. So that when you see these things outside, you recognize them. And you expose them. For we are called to have no fellowship with an unfruitful work of darkness, but we are called to expose them. Don't play. There's no relationship between the temple and idols. No. Flee from those things. For God is holy and wants us to be holy. In the epistle to the Galatians, chapter 1, verse 6, Paul marveled that the believers were now turning away from Christ to a different gospel. Galatians 3.1, he concluded that they had been bewitched, charmed, enchanted, fascinated for not obeying the truth. Oh, he takes witchcraft and sorcery and rebellion to turn someone from God. But how did that happen in the church of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 4? And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty which is in Christ. That's what we're talking about. They introduced among the flock by stealth. They found their way and they can begin to take your liberty you have in Christ. And you become so sad. There is no joy of salvation anymore. Because they tell you, you've done this. You're so bad. You're not doing this enough. You're not doing enough. You become, you've trusted Christ to save you by grace. Why won't you trust him to lead you by grace? Why do you think you have to do things not to maintain yourself? We are called to grow, to maintain in the grace of God. You save by grace? and you want to maintain yourself by work, it's going to create misery in your life because you want to make it. But you have those people, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. Where is the joy of salvation? They 
got in by stealth to spy out our liberty in Christ in order to bring us back into bondage. Galatians 2.4 Beware of these things. Jezebel called herself prophetess, but she taught God's servant to commit sexual immorality and to practice idolatry. She was teaching the servant of the Lord, and they let her do it. Her character contrasts with that of Lydia, who was instrumental in starting the church in Tyatara, in the same place. Lydia. Jezebel engaged the church into paganism to sacrifice and eat things sacrificed to idol while they also offered a service to the Lord. What mixture? What abomination? Sacrifice things to idol and then a service to the Lord? That's really bad. Contrast with Lydia. Lydia. I've been where she was baptized. The whole city bears her name now. Lydia. In Thessaloniki. Lydia. Everybody wanted to go to learn her story and to see where she was baptized. A virtuous woman. When the gathering grew, grew, she said, Paul, can you stay with us now and lead? That's not Jezebel tactics. No. Lydia said, can you stay? In the synagogue, you can't stay there with over 10 people. You need a man. You need someone to lead there. She said, Paul, can you stay with us and lead now? The ministry is growing. Come. That wasn't the case for Jezebel. No. In that sense, Christian partook to the table of demons and to the table of the Lord's. Discerning the Jezebelian spirit, I am going to stop there. I think I'm teaching next Sunday, I think. Oh, no. I think it's someone else. Okay. Next time, we will continue. Okay? Let me uh, conclude here for the two minutes there. Discerning the Jezebelian spirit. <clears throat> In the white society, this spirit runs unchallenged through entertainment and fashion industry through technological advances. In fact, people have easy access to things that enslave their mind. E.g., pornography, abortion. is a very powerful spirit. The Jezebelian spirit is a very powerful spirit working in this world. You know, as a believer, we are called to be dressed decently and promote chastity. The name Jezebel also means unchaste. Unchaste. Immoral. May the Lord bless you. I'm going to stop here. Next time, God willing, we will continue. But in the meantime, I conclude here in saying he who delight in the word of the Lord shall be blessed in all his ways. The friendship of God is for those who fear him. So we choose to fear the Lord. We choose the word of God. I'm inviting you to take these things seriously. Nobody can cry for you before God. Only you 
if you need deliverance from God, we give you an opportunity. Cry out to the Lord and present your own life to God and God will help you. I'm going to call our sisters while we stand and we sing, we choose the fear of the Lord. Afterward, we'll have time for you to pray for yourself as well as me praying for you. Amen.